Welcome back, everybody. This is Sarcasm Speaks. Uh, it's Jared and Bob here with you. And we, I mean, we might be just, oh, I, I could be just yelling at the TV randomly. We're doing this. There's still a little bit of uh, Sunday afternoon football, I guess you would say, even though it's been dark for like four fucking hours because um, daylight saving sucks. And or I guess, no, standard time sucks, right? Because we're in standard time. Uh, and living at a northern latitude sucks. But either way, um, we're still watching some of the end of these games. Uh, this, is, this is, I mean, I said it to you right before we hit record. The second halves of these games had a little bit more juice to them. But uh, this was like the second week in a row where the late window was just a bunch of duds. Like just not very good games. Well, last week there was just two, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, that checks out. There was only two. And it's like, I think Carolina was involved. Yep. So yeah. this could be three weeks in a row where the late window isn't good. Cause I think I remembered, I remembered that there was more games. I thought there was three or four when it wasn't a good window. Um, I think by default though, the late window is go- always going to suck a little bit more because there's less games. When you have more games, there's more opportunity for one to be good. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Stats? I don't know. Is that just stats? Because because who would have thought um uh who not obviously Buffalo Buffalo, Minnesota. That was the one that everyone had pegged. Were there any other exciting finishes? I don't remember. Or comebacks? Weren't there a few today? Yeah. Um the Lions Bears. Yeah. That was a pretty entertaining game. Um Saints, Steelers, and Broncos, Titans were close until like the end of the third quarter. And then it just kind of was like, oh, yeah, that's right. The Saints and the Broncos suck. But either way, when when you have like eight games in the window, the chances that one or two of them are good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot higher than when you only have four games. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just an odds thing. The late verse early. Yeah, okay, so there's like some um, thought that goes into it, but really it's just geography. So like we're getting Colts, Raiders, which theoretically should not have been a good game, but it's close right now. Yeah. It's like you knew you were going to get Dallas, um, Green Dallas Bay. Green Bay, because that's for viewership. Right. And then with Buffalo being home, that's I think that's why you got the one o'clock game there. Yeah, against Minnesota, but yeah, I, I mean, we'll see. the four I'm o'clock window to... just seems to be sneaky shitty all the time. Yeah, next week, oh gross! Next week in the four o'clock window, we have three games. It's Raiders Broncos, disgusting. Uh, Bengals Steelers, not great. And then Cowboys Vikings, which on paper could be good, but I feel like it's probably going to suck. Yeah. See, that one's weird because what, what, what you want when it's going to be, um, like this is like, if you want an exciting game and again, I'm talking exciting. Like I'll watch some games where like teams play well, whatever maneuver, however they need to. But 
You need offense, a competent offense, and a shitty defense. Yeah. You need the Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins, <laughs> Bears, Lions, Lions, Browns. Yeah. Um, but like the problem with Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota actually fits that mold. Um, competent offense, shitty defense. Yeah. Problem with Minnesota or that 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 Minnesota game is I don't know how good Dallas's offense is. I only have 28 right now. They seem to beat up on bad defenses. So actually, so then theoretically Dallas should do fine against Minnesota scoring points. Um, but the Dallas defense is actually good. So I could button things down. I don't know. Yeah. And McCarthy's not a good coach. So it's like, if the defense is buttoning thing, if, if like the defense has it under control, he might just like have his, his offense might like feed off the defense. So it's just like, run run pass punt run run pass punt like over and over because he does he knows he doesn't need to score 40 right right yeah and he'll you know they'll win the game 20 to 13 yeah so it should be a good game it would be two well one what eight and one team and one what's looking to be seven and two team that's a little early for that but yeah if Dallas holds on, they'll be seven and two. Right. Um, so Minnesota's gonna play Buffalo, Dallas, and then we catch them on Thanksgiving night. Yeah. Yep. I saw someone tweeted earlier. It was like one of like the Patriots beat guys. I forget. Um it might have been like Lazar or someone like that, but um it was, oh yeah, here it is. Uh, on one hand, the Patriots are suddenly just one game back in the AFC East. On the other hand, <laughs> coming out of the bye, the Pats play Jets six and three, Vikings eight and one, Bills six and three in a twelve day span. So that, so. that and that, that's fine. And records are records. Do you have do does does Minnesota or the Jets inspire any level of fear into you? No. Um, no, I don't expect them to win both of those games. No, I think of the Jets, Vikings, and Bills, you come out of that one and two. Probably. Um I wouldn't I also, be surprised if they go 0 and 3. And I wouldn't yeah, be surprised I, if they went two and one. Yeah. Like I could act absolute. I don't. I don't see them beating Buffalo, um, unless Bill has really changed his tune from last year. But like the whole, oh, we're gonna see if Josh Allen can beat us. He has actually proven that he can and will. Right. Right. So that that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um. So unless he does something like I I don't know, like do you blitz him and I, I don't know. Yeah, that's the that's the tough thing about Josh Allen. Fields Fields beat you pretty good on the ground, so yeah, like like, I I don't know. I think I said that in our group text. Historically, the Patriots do not do well against teams that are fast and quarterbacks that are mobile. Right, so Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. um, Didn't we lose to the Cardinals last year? Oh no, we played the Cardinals this year. 
I thought we played um, them last year. With we might have played them. We might have played them. Um, COVID year. Yeah. Not sure. I'm not sure when we played them last. But then recently. that that could have been Kyler Murray's rookie year, or maybe we just didn't even play them. But like, I I felt like we lost. We played Kyler Murray, and uh, so the thing is though, like Kyler Murray's a bad quarterback at the end of the day. True. Yeah. But but my my main point, because I'm take committed to it, is the Patriots are bad against um, teams that are fast on offense and running quarterbacks like Justin Fields. So I'll add him to the list. Right. So Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, um, you know, theoretically, Kyler Murray. But I don't really remember what happened in no, that he, game. Because what what it really comes down to for him is he's bad. Um yeah. Deshaun Watson for years destroyed mm-hmm. them. Right, right. Yeah, he's another one. There you go. Um yeah, so I mean, I don't know how many more. I, I don't I don't know if like going through like, you know, the last 15 years of mobile quarterbacks and what they've done, how they've done, whatever. Um but yeah, I think something it's a matchup thing. It's how it's how the defense in New England is typically built, right? So they're typically built bigger. Like Bill has never, I mean, I'm gonna say this, and some some dickhead is gonna be like, whoa, Teddy Bruski was only 5'10, 200 pounds. All right, fuck off with Teddy Bruski. But Bill typically does not go with small linebackers, right? So like of all the linebackers over the last 20 years, Vrabel is a fucking monster. Um, Gerard Mayo was huge. Jawan Bentley Hightower. is a fucking tank. Hightower. Jamie Collins. All of these guys are fucking tanks, right? Chugga Chugga 5'2". Ninkovich, he was like 6'2", 6'3". Well, because Ninkovich like, would go hand down a lot too. Right, right. That's, yeah, they liked him. Colvin. Even further back, right? Rosie Colvin. Roman Pfeiffer. Um, How big was Ro- he? Yeah, Roman Pfeiffer. Willie McGinnis. Willie McGinnis is like fucking 6'5". You know what I mean? So like the Pats typically up front value size over speed. And it's always, it's, it's, there's always been some instance, right? Where that's burnt them. Um, I also believe that there's an attitude or a scheme issue when it comes to the mobile quarterback. And I don't want to speak for anybody because obviously I am not a professional coach, but it almost feels like Bill like almost thinks like, Oh, well, if he's just going to, if he's going to beat us on his feet, then I guess we don't deserve to win or something. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, they did bottle up Lamar Jackson in that rain game, and then the final drive was a fucking downpour, so they couldn't right. do anything. Yeah, but I don't know. It just seems like it's like, well, if he's gonna, if we're like, they're not gonna take away the quarterback's legs. It seems like, right, right. And the one, the one thing that the Patriots' defense is very good at is scheming for. Well, I would say both offense and defense, just the Patriots in general, is scheming for the opposing team's best player. Right? They're usually pretty fucking good at taking away their best option, whether it was always J.J. Watt in Houston. Right? Remember that? Like, how many games did we play against Houston 
And I think of those games, JJ Watt might've only had like one or two sacks. Like he never did anything against the Patriots for years. Like all those guys, even like the top wide receivers, like they, we always have done very well at shutting down the opposing team's top option or best player, right? Like look at Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl, right? Like was not a huge factor. I mean, he was because he's arguably the best player in the NFL on defense. So he did make some plays, but he wasn't like blowing up every play. It wasn't like, oh my God, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, another play, Aaron Donald. You know what I mean? It's not, wasn't that. So, um, but yeah, I, I can see that to your point. I could see Bill scheming the defense and being like, well, we'll take away all the options. And if he's going to beat us on the ground, then he'll beat us on the ground and we'll have to fucking take it on the chin and just play for stops everywhere else. The only problem is when you have a guy that runs like a Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen that are fast, their seven yard scramble very quickly can turn into a 20, 30 yard run. Well, so, and that's what, that's where I think the flaw in the logic comes is like if you're so with the way Josh Allen has played New England in the last two games, he's sneaky fast. You and he's want big. <laughs> so if the way he's played New England in the last two games, forget the win game, you want him running. You don't want him carving you up back there. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I can like I can get down with that. The only problem is. Dudes need to tackle and that and that's part of the when you do defensive schemes like that, you know, they force fields into third and long, third and long, third and long, third and long, third and long. But then no one tackled him when he took off. And it was like, this is this is like that's that's an outlier performance. Yeah. So you lose that one. Never mind. You know, Mac throws that god awful pick and then gets benched. That was that game. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So whatever on that but yeah i mean like like when deshaun watson sitting back there picking you apart you want him to get moving get out of the pocket get running like if you can get them to think first move is run they shouldn't a, a running quarterback running alone shouldn't be that much of an issue right right now it can be and it can be in a regular season it can be in a one-off game but this team used to be a playoff contender come playoffs. It's that's not what's going to win. Yeah. So I just, uh, I just looked it up. Josh Allen is six, five Yeah. He's massive. Yeah. And coming out of college, he ran a four, seven, which isn't like blazing speed, but that's still pretty fast for a dude that's six, five and a quarterback. And that was coming out of college. So who knows? Like maybe he got a little bit faster, right? Maybe he runs a four six now or something like that. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Like I said, I'm I'm expecting one and two out of the next three weeks. Um, I wouldn't be surprised by oh and three. Um, so if it is two and one, I'd be pleasantly surprised, right? You can I would take that. Um, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. So out of that too, I wouldn't be surprised either if they lose to the Jets, then they beat the Vikings and then get absolutely 
blown the doors off by the Bills. Just because like from a record standpoint, like the average casual football fan is going to look at that and be like, oh my God, they beat the Vikings or eight and one, or it could be nine and one at that time or eight and two, whatever they might be by the time they play. Like, oh my God, they beat the Vikings. Like this team is good. And then the following week they fucking lose, like the Bills put up like a 40 piece on them. I think I put my kiss of death on the Bills. What did I text Conti Chris? I said so I just I just thought of this. I said something about the Vikings. Yeah, at uh at 324, I said something like, I'm not buying that Minnesota is as good as their record. He goes, Why would you? Cousin sucks. And <laughs> that was at 330, and then like an hour and a half later, they fucking won. Yeah. Oh, we got ourselves a ball game in uh Green Bay. Christian Watson decided to actually play. Who knew when he could stay healthy and he's the only wide receiver for Green Bay? Uh, he's actually pretty good. So, if Vinny just sent the text to the group, did you just mute those? No, there's just too many. Yeah. Well, the the also, tough I wasn't, thing I wasn't too... I wasn't watching a ton today either. Yeah, that's a, that's true too. Because the, the tough thing is like when you're watching the game and you get a text from Vinny and you're like, fuck. Like I know because he, he was watching on like regular cable and I'm watching on streaming on YouTube TV. So he's like 10 seconds ahead. So he would text something and I'd be like, shit, like something like something's going to happen with this play. And then it would. But there was a lot of those texts because that that Minnesota Buffalo game was fucking nuts. But. Did Arizona just score again? Oh my god, are they still playing? How I took, is it? 20, I took it, how'd they get 27 points? I don't know, but I took it off of red zone because I thought there was only one game left on. Yeah, no, they're still playing. The Rams just drove, they have the ball at like the three yard line. Who the fuck scored for them? I guess oh, I it was two uh oh James Connor. Had a rushing touchdown at seven minutes in the fourth quarter. And then they kicked a field goal with three minutes to go. I was I was kind of curious, not, I mean, overly optimistic that I was going to go this way. But I was like kind of curious if the Rams were going to play any better offensively without Stafford. Like is Stafford just fucking not playing well this year, making fucking doing dumb shit? Yeah. Doesn't matter. They suck. <laughs> Yeah, they are very not good. Um, I think it's mainly their offensive line. Like, I think their offensive line is so fucking bad uh, that uh, they just don't they just don't have the ability to do anything on offense. And now Cooper Cup got hurt. He like absolutely fucking destroyed his knee. I don't know if you saw that play. I didn't. He was um, going to catch a ball on the sideline and a Cardinals corner like dove to tackle him low and his foot got stuck underneath the guy and his fucking knee just bent sideways. Um, and That's what you wanted to do, right? Yeah. And he literally hopped on one foot to the bench and sat down. So he probably just fucking blew out his whole knee. So their entire offense is gone. And they just hit Justin Jefferson for a touchdown, which is good because I cut Justin Jefferson 
from my fantasy team. Van Jefferson? Yeah, that Jefferson. I got Justin Jefferson on the brain because he went fucking hog wild today. Um, So here's a real question. Is it time to take a future on the Tampa Bay Bucks? I they're mean, like twenty. They're like twenty-two to one. I don't hate that. I actually don't hate that because now they're finally. Now I say this thing. Bear in mind, I'm probably going to put the kiss of death on death on them, but their offense finally looks like it's kind of getting healthy. And I know Leonard Fournette just got hurt today, but Leonard Fournette statistically has sucked this year. And Rashad White, for the first time all season, I think they gave him double-digit carries because Fournette was hurt, and he ran for like 110 yards. So I think Rashad White is probably, at this stage, is probably the better option than Fournette anyway. Um, They finally have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones all healthy. Kate Otten, the tight end, came back, is healthy. Uh, no, sorry. Kate Otten's the rookie tight end who's been playing well. Cameron Brait came back, who was their other tight end, who's healthy now. So now all of a sudden, you've got three very good wide receivers and two pretty good or decent to good tight ends. That's five yeah. weapons that Tom Brady has to throw to. And then you go in and add like, you know, like fucking dumbass little Scotty Miller, or like oh, the that's dump, not the, you're, like you're, the dump off to the he, the dump he, off he to the running. No backs. benefit. No. Benefit. I mean, but like there, you have those guys that are going to be good for like one of those random fucking catches. Russell Gage might be close to coming back. I think he was hurt. They signed him. I mean, he's another guy that's kind of a nobody, but he's better than Scotty Miller. Um, yeah, it's interesting if they can stay healthy. Well, also twenty to one. Well, yeah, you're basically just going off of. So they're a five and five football team, but they're right there for the division. Right. So for that, like, talk about a team. All you got to do is get in. Yeah, and that's one where the quarterback, the quarterback is one is the reason that you know because preseason they were probably what nine, eight. I would say probably yeah. They probably weren't as low as six, were they? Mm, probably not. That seems a little too much. I feel like preseason, the whoever the favorite is, is usually around like eight to nine-ish. Uh, Buffalo was definitely shorter than that. Oh, yeah. Year. They could have been like six and a half, like 657. That's true. That's a good point. But, um, yeah, I mean, the defense, Tampa's defense lost Shaq Barrett. Right. I think he's on IR. He might have like blown an Achilles or something like that. But I don't think there's another team in the NFL that would lose Shaq Barrett and like just kind of shug it off. Right. Cause they have Levante David, Devin White, Jason Pierre Paul. No, um, Pierre Paul somewhere else now. But oh, he's gone. But they he, have Vita Vea. Yeah. I was like, I don't know their if, front it, seven on defense is pretty fucking good. And, um, I'm not sure if he's a second or third year player, but uh, try on Shoyinko, whatever the fuck. He huh. just runs it. He just runs after the passer. 
<laughs> and then surprisingly, their secondary has actually been good this year. So let me see. Yeah, they haven't stopped the run well, I don't think. So Tampa is fourth, fourth best in the league in opponent yards per pass attempt. They allow 5.7 yards on average per pass attempt. The only teams that are better than them in pass defense are Dallas, Philly, and Denver. So, so that's a surprise because in the past like two years, their secondary has been a liability. And you haven't uh, been able to run on them. Yeah, but you couldn't run on them. Now it's it's flipped basically. But the thing is, the pieces are still there. So I know they're getting gashed on they're getting gashed on the ground, but the players are still there. Right. Right. So I don't know, it'll be interesting. Interesting to watch. Could be worth could be worth a couple of schmeckles at 20 to 1. Um which uh we could do this. Do you want to do the sports city thing or do you want to see if we can wait for Jones to come on on Tuesday? Um doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do. All right, I'll tease I'll tease it. There we'll talk shit about there's a rankings of the best sports cities in America. Uh so stay tuned. If you want to hear us rip on that and uh talk shit about that, we'll get you on the next episode. Uh hopefully we'll have Jones on. And maybe Vinny Vinny might be well, down we'll, for the we'll, next one. We'll do too. it. We'll do it on the next one regardless. But we'll, well, yeah. give, we'll give them an opportunity if they want to come on. Yeah. Um, so other than that, I have uh some some fun news. So we've been kind of well, not kind of well, I guess we've been kind of following the whole like political fucking shenanigans and, and bullshit and all that stuff that's been I don't going know, man. on. I haven't been able to see through that red wave. In a week. Yeah, that that I've been waiting for it to come. I had my floaties ready and everything, and uh I haven't seen it yet. It's more like a red puddle. Um, but so there oh what we were talking about was um the student loan forgiveness thing, right? So that was a whole thing. Then they were trying to pause it because a couple states had sued. The government so the government was like all right we're gonna you know just put it on pause for now but we're still doing it we're definitely still doing it don't worry well the election day was what to the 8th tuesday. november 8th whatever last tuesday was um two days later on thursday a federal judge in texas ruled that the government the federal government coming out to just blanket res, um, remove student debt was unconstitutional and it was an overreach. Um, shit, hold on. I have a picture of it. Uh, I, I screenshot it on my phone. So this came from uh, Mark T. Pittman, who is a United States district judge in, uh, in Texas. Again, state of final state of Texas. Uh, so, just really quick, this is this is the the, the end of the ruling um, that he that he said. In this country, we are not ruled by an all powerful executive with a pen and a phone. Instead, we are ruled by a constitution that provides for three distinct independent branches of government: 
As President James Madison warned, the accumulation of all powers, legislative, executive, and judiciary, in the same hands, whether of one, a few, or many, and whether hereditary, self-appointed, or elective, whatever, may justly be pronounced the very definition of tyranny. The court is not blind to the current political division in our country, but it is fundamental to the survival of our republic that the separation of powers as outlined in our constitution be preserved. And having interpreted the HEROES Act, the court holds that it does not provide clear congressional authorization for the program proposed by the secretary. Therefore, whatever, whatever, uh, plaintiff's motion for summary judgment is motion to dismiss. So again, that is um, the court declares unlawful and vacates the program. So two days after the election, when there was no red wave, when Democrats actually did pretty solid, they actually still control the Senate. They still have control in the Senate. I think they lost the House, but they do still control the Senate. No red wave. Everyone was talking about it. Didn't come. Didn't happen. I was sitting there with my floaties. I was ready to go, uh, but I missed it. And now, after all those people were like, "Oh yeah, no, we'll we'll, we'll keep them in. We'll keep them in." So they they continue our our student loan forgiveness, because what happens if we vote all these Republicans in and they're going to take away our our free student loans? We're not going to get forgiven anymore. Well. Two days after the election, the federal government, well, a, a federal judge came out and ruled, nope, this is unconstitutional. The president of the United States does not have the jurisdiction to sit there and say $20,000 of everyone's student loan debt is gone. So he struck it down. And I have not seen one peep from Biden, the Democrats, from even the people like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, these people that are thumping saying college should be free and cancel all student loan debt, nothing. Fucking crickets on trying to overturn the overturning, right? <laughs> to, to, to push through the, the up, upholding of the student loan forgiveness. Nothing. So is it just dead in the water now? Are we done? Probably. It was Probably. all a ruse. It was all a fucking ruse. And all of these stupid fucking morons, right? These gullible idiots. And it could be, it's both sides. Right now I'm attacking the liberals because this it's it's warranted. Um, but Republicans are no better. These stupid, gullible, fucking liberal idiots were like, oh no, if we keep these people in, then they'll forgive our student loans. Because I, I want $20,000 of my student loans gone. Well, 48 hours after you fucking voted for your your favorite people in the whole world, this got overturned, was ordered to be vacated, and no one stood up to defend it. So I hope you're fucking happy. Remember when we sat here and we 
logistically couldn't figure out how these loans were going to get forgiven. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That right there should have been enough of a red flag to know that this is probably not going to work. Yeah. Now, I actually am surprised that it got overturned. Um, I thought more likely than not, like what would have happened is it's like, yeah, we're going to forgive them. And it's like, we're working on it. And it's like, oh, okay, actually, no, we're not. But um, I'm actually surprised there was a ruling. I don't know why I'm surprised. It's just I am. Yeah. I don't know how that process would have worked any other way. But uh, yeah, we sat here and we we couldn't figure out logistically how they were going to forgive that should have been enough, enough of a red flag to know. Like, yeah. If it doesn't sound like they can do it, then they probably can't. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty fair. <laughs> I'd say that's a fair assessment. And I'm just a common idiot over here. Yeah, I'm just a regular old retard. So, all of these people are going to be f- freaking out, right? And they got got. They all got got, right? And now the best part about this is this is what happens all the time, right? There's this forever since politics have been politics, I would imagine. These people are going to be so fucking pissed, right? And they're going to be like, fuck them, fuck that. Why did I even vote for them? Whatever, yada, yada, yada. Well, unfortunately, it's too late because you already voted for them. And by the time you have to vote for them again, they'll sell you on another bullshit bill of goods and you will completely either forget or ignore what happened in the last three months. And you'll be like, no, 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 this time they care about me because they said they do. It'll be whatever the next thing is, right? Whatever the next fucking politically charged thing is, right? Like, oh, uh, universal basic income. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that. You should vote for us and we'll implement universal basic income. Everyone gets $1,000 a month regardless. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Everyone be like, this is amazing. I'm going to vote for these people because they've never lied to me before, right? Especially about money. It's not like they ever said they were going to give me $20,000 of free student loan debt and then I just had it taken away and then didn't fight for it after a federal judge said no, right? No, they didn't do that before. They definitely want to give me universal basic income. I should totally vote for them because this is great. And the same fucking rug will get pulled out from underneath them. And then they'll be, oh my God, fuck these people. Fuck this. They don't care about us, whatever. And then the next cycle will come. And it's literally the same thing. What's the definition of insanity? Yeah. uh, These people that actually give a shit about politics. That's insanity. And and think that politics is some sort of like team. Like, oh no, they're my team. I vote blue no matter who. Oh, vote red till you're dead. How about you? Do people it? actually say shit like that? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a real thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, fuck off with that shit. Like, that's that's the dumbest thing ever. But that's the political climate that we live in now. So I hope you guys are happy. 
hope everyone is happy with the way they voted and how everything that you thought was going to happen, nothing happens. Nothing changes, right? Everyone's like, oh, no, they I'm said not, they were going to I'm not happy, it. man. I had, a, I had a lot invested in that red wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't see why I would be happy. Yeah, I was really looking forward to uh, making fun of Democrats. But now we get to make fun of Republicans because you're so fucking bad at your job and campaigning that you couldn't beat the people that fucking fumbled everything and fucked it all up. Especially with the, the way it was projected. Yeah. Like it was it was like the like that's the thing is the red wave was projected. Yeah. And then it became a buzz term that like I just think is hysterical now because it didn't happen. Yeah. You know what's funny? Is, so it's like we we talked about that though. We talked about them fucking it up. Yeah, yeah. So I heard this is back in like probably like July. It's definitely summertime. I was listening to Breaking Points. Shout out to uh, Crystal and Sager, and they had made the point that at that point in whatever it was, call let's call it July, the Republicans had no clear campaign strategy. There was nothing, right? Like they did not have a strategy. Their quote strategy, if you would call it that, was to literally just sit there and just say, well, well, look what Biden's done. Look what they've done so far. So they had no like, this is going to be my plan. I'm going to get in and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to change this. Their entire fucking campaign was based off of well the person that's in there right now that's the democrat has done a terrible fucking job so you should vote for me instead instead of if you elect me i'm going to do again xyz like and crystal and sager were talking about this in july so it's like it was well known and they actually cover politics for a profession. It is their job. They are professional podcasters that talk about news. Like it's, you shouldn't be that surprised because they didn't actually run on anything. Yeah. If you actually think about it, um, some of the liberal agendas are electric vehicles, um abortion rights that's the huge one yeah but see, see but you know i was talking to a guy about this and most people don't give a fuck about that's abortion. A, that's a so that's a huge thing but it's so important to the states that already have it solved right and like, Mass like massachusetts people getting outraged over abortion like i mean again do you but if you're if if you're a woman who feels strongly about it and you live in Massachusetts, you are taken care of. Yeah. So so and if I, you don't and if you don't believe, well, it's like well, but it should be a federal thing. It's like, no, no, it shouldn't. Let the states fucking handle it. Right. And if you so, want to be compassionate or sympathetic to women in Tennessee who grew up their lives, you know, being able to have abortions and now they fucking can't effectively like they can but they can't or actually right. i think tennessee's a all none like none at all uh 
like you could be sympathetic and compassionate to those people, but like your situation, like think selfishly for a second, like you're good. Right. Like in the state you live in, you're good. They, they do what you want. Do not worry about what Tennessee's doing. That place is something else. So I saw this um, post that was going around on Instagram after um, like last week after the elections. And it was, it was like in every state that had abortion and abortion question on the ballot, they all voted to keep abortion. And they're like, like throwing this fucking party, right? As if like this, it's like this, some big thing. And I looked at it like, yeah, no shit. Right. Like, and this is what it should be. But like the people that were posting about it were like, like, fuck your pro-life, like all this shit. Like, see, this is why it's wrong. Everyone that votes for it or everyone everywhere was up to vote, voted to keep it, whatever. And it's like, you guys are like spiking the football after not scoring a touchdown. I mean, like. Like you just said, like it should be a state's rights issue. So what the Supreme Court did, again, we've we've said this a million times, like we clearly understand this. And if you've listened to us for long enough, I'm willing to bet you understand it too, because I, I would like to think that if you've listened to us for this long, you have some sort of fucking clue. You're not just some fucking Yahoo that's, oh, vote blue no matter who, or vote red till you're dead. You're not, probably not a fucking moron. So- the what the Supreme Court did was not outlaw abortion. What the Supreme Court did was say this issue now belongs to the states. They took it out of the federal government's hands and they put it in the hands of the states. So the state governments get to make the call, which is what it should be. So now all the states where that was on the ballot as a ballot question, they all passed it to vote, say yes, keep it. That's not. Like that's not a, a win because that's what it's supposed to be anyway. You know, does that make sense? Like, am I just kind of, I mean, outside of the normal spewing nonsense, like does, do you at least understand where I'm coming from? Like they're, I they're th- like, I think the only, it is this like thing. So I think the only way it's a win is if it is Tennessee who I, I'm pretty sure Tennessee was going to just outright ban abortion, like period. I think um, they were, yeah. Or they were going to come very close to it. Yeah. Um, if the people voted to repeal the ban, that's a win. Right. It's not a win if you have it and you voted to keep it. Right. Because that's just status quo. Nothing changed. Exactly. You don't that's... get a win without change. Yeah. So I guess it I guess it depends on the state. But yeah. that would be like in Massachusetts, it's like, oh, we got a ballot question. Should we continue like legalization of weed? And it passes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Huge win for the weed industry. Yeah, exactly. No, no. Nothing changed. Yep. It's the fucking same. Let me see. Um There was five states. Um, Voters approved ballot measures to protect abortion rights in California. Whoop-de-fucking-do. Vermont. Whoop-de-fucking-do. 
Michigan, and then states where there were a, there was a ballot question to restrict abortion were rejected in Kentucky and Montana. Kentucky, that's a win. And probably Montana as well. Because they voted against restriction. Right. And I think those are two places that would lean conservative. If I'm interpret if I if I'm interpreting that correctly. Yeah, I think that's probably probably fair. Yeah, if they've if they voted down restriction so that they can have it, you know, obviously with some type of regulation. Cause now I'm I'm hearing too, it's like because again, I am I'm pro-choice, but now I have to be pro-choice with regulation because I personally think nine months is too long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, some some places they they want to go abortion as late as yeah. nine months. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe that some of these states have some because like, there's always been rumors like some of these states want to go like 45 weeks and it's like that's a five week old. Yeah. Like that thing has been birthed at this point. Right. Right. Like it's not an abortion anymore. No, it, that's a murder. That's a full on murder. No, again, just give the fucking thing up for adoption if you don't want it that badly. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the thing to too. Me. Yeah. So I don't believe those rumors are actually true. I just I just can't wrap my head around that. But I do think like they're talking like late, late, late stage pregnancies. In which I mean, again, I'm not a woman. I guess I can get pregnant. Like I don't know. It's 2022. Thing. Yeah, men it's, can get it's pregnant. weird. Things are weird now. <laughs> but like, why the fuck would you wait eight months? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Outside of safety for the mother, like, or safety for the. Well, oh, I don't even still, that's all built in. Right. Like. What they want is like free, free will abortion whenever. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you, you got to make a call. Like, there's got to be a deadline at some point. I'm pretty sure that in most states, if there was some sort of health risk at seven and a half months, you could medically have an abortion. Right. Like, I think that's a real, like, that's a thing. But you can't just walk into a clinic and be like, yeah, I don't want this thing anymore. Like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. If you go for like a test again at like seven and a half months and the doctors are like, holy shit, this is really bad. This could kill you and or the baby. Then I'm pretty sure like it's okay for an abortion. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you got to regulate it at some point. Like you can't just choose. I don't want it anymore. Right. Like past a certain point. I don't know what that point is. Someone's again, someone smarter than me would have to. I think the common the common thing is 15 weeks. Yeah. Like that's the most common demarcation across the world. Which because I think the because uh, the rule of thumb is usually like you know at 12 weeks. Yeah, somewhere somewhere probably between 10 and 12. So I mean that gives you I mean three weeks of of definitive like news. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like you could take a test at eight and still like some shit can still go wrong. 
Right. Um, yeah, I think 12 is like when you actually know it's like, yes, we have a, we have a baby in here and it's like, you're like, we're going with it. Yeah. Like once you get that news, I don't know, three weeks should might be enough time. I don't know. Again, someone smarter than me would have to give me a deadline, but I fucking sure as shit. No, it ain't fucking six months or beyond. Yeah. It ain't 40 weeks. No. Cause that's how long it takes to birth a child. Yeah. So. I don't know. We got all kinds of crazy shit, all kinds of craziness going on. Um, well, things should theoretically calm down a little bit, right? Well, you now would we're moving think, towards president. You would think. Well, um, how hard are these people actually going to work? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, we'll at least get a reprieve for like nine months. Right. So it'll be like sometime around, well, maybe close to a year. I think by the end of next year is when shit's going to start kicking up again. So maybe like, you know, October, November, we'll call it Q4 of 2023 is when the whole like election thing is going to, is going to fire up. Um, you know, one year out from the election is when it'll. Um, do any of these people in Congress, uh, do any of them, do we vote for any of them? during the presidential election yeah okay so it's a two-year cycle so the house of representatives is every two years so oh okay every senator six senator is six yeah okay yeah all right so yeah so i guess yeah, all right. So yeah, we probably we got a few months where people should fucking calm down and not fucking do their jobs. Yeah. So you have theoretically, I think it's is it it's half every I don't know how that works with the house. Like I don't know if they're split, like half of the people run in odd years and half of the people run in even years. Cause it's every two years, what? right? That they do we have to vote. No, because we, well, yeah. So how does that, how does that work? Cause we didn't vote for everyone. Right. So it must be they're offset. Some people are in the even year and some people are in the odd year. Yeah. I don't there's 437 ish people in, in the house, in the house of representatives. So you would have, you know, 200 every year on a two-year term, roughly. Yeah, I don't know how that works. I don't know how it works either. Because they make such a big deal about midterm elections, but if you didn't vote for everybody and it's a two-year term. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. Maybe more people are in the presidential year. No, that would have been this year. I don't know. I have no idea, to be fair. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But that was awesome. Oh, sick. Another another hit in the pool. <laughs> I had Green Bay. No, I had I had Dallas. 
I had Dallas minus five. I think they were yep. in the pool. Well, that's sick. I had a terrible fucking week in the pool. Well, I mean, you told me I did pretty good too. So. No, you flipped it around. All right, let's go. Yeah, you are uh, tied for third. You got 12 points. I mean, I'm ranked 13th on the list, but technically I'm tied for fourth. <laughs> yeah, it's a nine-way tie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, We've got two people tied for first at 16 right now. Two people are tied for second or third, whatever the fuck, however the fuck you want to do that whole bullshit. Um, and then there's like fucking six people that have 12. And then there's like another seven people that have 10. And I'm one of the people that has 10 points. And then there's uh three eights and a six. Jones has six points. And Vinny is one that has eight. <laughs> yeah, the, the two of them, they they said they're going to do an inverse pool. Yeah, it's golf scores. <laughs> we had a few people miss this week, too. We had three people not... Uh, three people that are in typically every week didn't make it. Eric, Pat, and Finn. So, my... Uh, my lead is getting slimmer in the season long. But I mean, it was to Where's be Cunty, expected. I was saying is Cunty Chris. Cunty Chris was only like seven games back of you. Yeah. We both have 10 points as it stands. Um, and we're on opposite sides of both games that are left. I have San Francisco and he has the Chargers. And then I have Washington and he has Philly. So he could. So theoretically, yeah. I mean, he, he could, could gain get four on me. You. Four points, two games, yeah. Yeah. I like Which would put him at, at 149, in... and I have 163. Yeah. Wait. Maybe it was somebody else then. Maybe this was a couple weeks ago when he was only 14 back. Yeah. Well, he's tied with Steve Entz. Yep. And F3 putts. All three of them have 145. Oh, no, sorry. I was looking at the wrong person. I was looking at Chris Freights. Um, So Cunty, Chris, and I actually are tied for 10 points. Uh, and we have the exact same side that we're on. So what I said to you before was for Chris Freights. Um, gotcha. We, Chris, Cunty, uh, Chris, and I both have San Francisco and Washington. So we're locked in at... Uh, whatever 163 minus 149 is for a yeah. differential. 14? That's 14. So it's still seven yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was seven because you guys are tied and will be tied. Yeah. All right. Okay. But so, so Chris Freights is the one that could gain two four on. points on me to be at 149. So then he would technically tie country Chris. Yeah. We still got some time though. I mean, this is what week nine. Yeah, uh, 10. This is week 10. This is week 10? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we still have eight weeks of picks. Yeah, I mean, I have plenty of time to regress. Like there was, and we talked about this, right? Like I was you, picking, I was hitting I mean, at 65%. Fair, like that's not so going to happen. We know, we, we know that's the case. 
you are regressing because you were down to 60 going into this week percent. It right. was like 60.5%. I had a, I had a bad week last week too. Yeah. So this is back to back weeks where, um, where I'm not, I'm not doing well. Uh, I'm trying to find the season long standings here because it tells you week by week. Yeah. So last week in week nine, I only got 10 points. Now there was a lot less games last week. And I think the person that won, won with 14. No, the winner was 16. The winner had 16 points, but he was the only one. There was no tie. There was no need to tie break. So he had 16. And then there was like five people with 14, a bunch of people with 12. And then it was like tens and eights and a one six was in there. Um, but I only scored 10 points last week, which means I only picked five games right out of the 11 that I think there were last week. Cause I think week nine had like six teams on a buy or something like that. Um, and as it stands right now, I only have 10 points. So that's what happens. I mean, I started out my points so far, 18, 18, 18, 22, 21, 14, 16, 16, 10. And now I'm sitting on 10 with two games to go. So best case scenario, I end up with 14. And that's still one of my lowest outputs of the year. Yep. And as it stands right now, I'm hitting at 59%. Yeah, so it's... It's come down even more. Coming back to earth. Yeah. But like I said, to be expected, right? Like it's not, you just hope that everyone else comes down too. <laughs> so there's currently one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There are seven people in the pool that are 52.5% or higher. And fifty two and a half percent is fifty two is a is break, break, break even on minus one ten juice. Right, right. So there are three people at fifty four percent or higher. So I'm at fifty nine percent. Cunty Chris is at fifty four percent, and Neil is at fifty six and a half percent. He's been sneaky good this year, and he was kind of put behind the eight ball because he missed week one. He yeah. joined he joined in in week two. Yep. Um, and he's hitting at 56.5%. So he has the second best percentage, but he's 11th on the year because he missed week one. So can three people I you know it's can three people maintain? Are people gonna go up and go better? Like how many people are gonna be? 54% or higher. What's the winning percentage going to be, you know? Like I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it gets harder too as the weeks go. Like though I think I think I personally think the lines get tighter. Oh, I absolutely. Think you get the benefit of having a better feel for who some of these teams are, what they are, like we know that Minnesota's defense is awful and we know that the giants really don't move the ball that well and they don't stop it that well either. But if they keep drawing the fucking Jaguars and Titans and Texans and 
fucking Colts. It's like, right. Who the fuck is going to knock them off? But they do have three games left with Philly and Dallas. So, you know, you do get the benefit of more information as the season goes. But the lines, I, I, I personally think that the lines get a lot harder because what early in the year would have been like, you know, you can take some of these dogs almost just like blind. Oh yeah. Early in the year. Yeah. But then was there one did, did fuck someone was a four point favorite Vegas. Vegas was a four point favorite. Yep. And I was like, that looks fishy. Yeah. Oh, and it it was fishy because <laughs> then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Matt Ryan plays, Colts win, Jonathan Taylor's back. Like, so I haven't, um, I haven't kept up with it, um, but I, so I have stats through week eight. Uh, nope, sorry, week seven. Um, I have to. Um, well, now three weeks behind, so I have to catch up, but. Um, when it comes to dogs against the spread, so in week one, they were eight and eight. So it was a dead split. Uh, week two, they were seven, eight, and one against the spread. So favorites had the edge there. But then in week three, dogs were 11 and five against the spread. In week four, they were nine and seven. Week five were 10 and six. So through the first five weeks of the season, they were what 10, 19, and 11 is uh 40, 30, 37, 45. I don't know. They were they were pretty high above. I can do some quick math here. Um, so they had 45 wins, right? And then it's eight, eight, uh, five, seven, five, seven, and six. So they were 45, 34, and one against the spread. Dogs were through five weeks. So 45, 34, and one, that's 80 games. So 45 out of 80 games, dogs were covering over 56%. It was 56.3% dogs were covering. So that's your early season, right? Like that's the first five weeks of the year. We don't really know what teams are. We don't have a lot of information to go off of. Uh, well, like I said, I only have information through weeks, week seven, but week six, dogs, seven and seven. Week seven, seven and seven. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be to be perfectly honest, it should be 50-50. Like if, right. if if the numbers are correct, it should be 50-50. Right. Because no one should have an edge. Right. That's the whole point of handicapping. And that's the whole point of the juice. Like right. you get 50-50, the house wins. So right. dogs, home teams. 
home dogs, like all that stuff, all of because those because those are such basic metrics. All of those numbers by the end of the year or like over a multi-year sample, they should be so close to 50-50. Right. But they haven't been, especially recently. Last no, we- year, dogs covered. Um, let me see. I can pull up my my Google sheet from last year. Um, as it's loading. Favorites only covered 47%. So what is that? Sick, uh, 53. 53. So dogs covered 53% last year. So against the spread. I was reading. Um, I have some sports betting book. So I was reading that. And the reason why like modeling and all that crap is so hard is because if you want to to like do a sample of this it's it's strange again this is this has got to be like advanced statistics or something so like how long have you been tracking those stats two years since, three years since the 2021 seat like so last year this to year. 21 so three se- this is my third season so what he would say is you can't use any of that data for your hypothesis now, so this again, this this is like a fucking. I I think it's like a statistics professor at like PhD level kind of thing. So he goes, when you're doing like modeling, he goes, you cannot when you make when you form a hypothesis, any data you have that you use to make that hypothesis can't use it because it's right. biased. Yeah, yeah. So you throw out last year, you throw out this year. So then you got to go back as far as you can get data. Now, right. With this one, it's easy because it's point spreads. You got to look back back to the earliest that you can find. And with the amount of figures that you have, sure, you need a lesser percent, but you still need like 56 over 60 years. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to see that. No, I don't think you're going to see that at all. I think it's going to be very, very, very tight to 50-50. Maybe, again, 52. Right. Whatever. Um, but again, that's there's your 110 juice. So if you do have 52 overtime, right. It's, right. it's nothing. Um, but yeah, it was like interesting the way that he outlined how you can determine if a model is effective or not. And it was like any data that you have that you use to like maybe think you're right, throw it out. I'm like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> it was like, then then you need to take all your data and you got to find all the data to like use it. And then it's like, hey, if you do like, you know, say you do six years and you change your mind on it. Well, now all those six years and the original data, all that's gone. And then based on your sample size, you have a certain percentage you have to hit for it to like be an effective model. Right. Because I think that's what a lot of people do is a lot of people, I mean, and like, I mean, everyone always makes fun of trends, whatever. Um, But people look at like a four or five game sample size. It's like, that's useless. It's completely meaningless. Well, Ian talks about that. Shout out to uh, Ian McMillan, friend of the show. Check him out on Bacon Bets podcast. Um, He talks about the NFL in particular, like 
people get lost in some of these statistics because over the course of a month, there's four games played. Whereas if you're over the course of a month for the NHL, literally any other sport, hockey, baseball, basketball, you might get 12 games, 15 games. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a really big sample size, 15 games in, in a month. Like you have a really good idea of like statistically what that team is. If I told you, you had to make a bet off of only watching the Celtics play four games, you'd be like, well, that's not enough games, but somehow people go into football after a month and they're like, oh no, the Titans are good. They're a good football team. Absolutely. The Titans are a good football team. They're three and one. It's like, no, they're actually not statistically a good football team. Well, the funny thing too, is with NFL, one season is 272 games. Yeah. A baseball team plays 162. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like like the sample sizes are so different. Yeah. Like by with the popularity and with the popularity of the NFL, the number they're just the numbers are just so fucking tight. Right. Right. That's why it's like anything I've ever looked at always involves like public public betting. Because I know I can't, I can't find anything based off data. Because there are fucking rocket scientists running algorithms and shit like that. So the only th- the only edge that I can find is what are people doing, right? And even then, I still can't find much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting, right? That so again through. Through uh, what seven weeks of data, I have this season. Dogs are covering at fifty six percent. Through all of last season, dogs covered at fifty three percent, and through all of the twenty twenty season, dogs covered at fifty five percent. So it's gotten smaller each year, right? It's gone from what fifty five to fifty three to. 50, 55 again, I think. Yeah, 56 roughly. But I don't know. It's 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 one of those where like you also have to look at it week by week too because I can break it down week by week and show you last year that, you know, typically dogs do really well in the first five weeks of the season and then it's pretty close to 50-50, but then there's always one outlier week. Right. So last season, week eight, dogs went 11 and four against the spread. Um, And then week nine, they went 10 and four against the spread. But then after that, they're either right around 500, under 500. And then in week 14, dogs went three and 11 against the spread. And then it's again, 50, 50, 50 split, 50 split. And then in week 18 last year, dogs went 10 and six. So there's an interesting thing that I've noticed in the last two seasons that I've been tracking, this being my third season. So in the 2020 year in week 17, because there were used to be only 17 weeks, dogs went nine and seven against the spread. 
So it's a very small sample size, but it seems to be the last week of the season. Dogs do better. Now that's not to say go out and bet all the dogs, right? Like you're not going to bet every single underdog, but if you pick two or three statistically over the last two years, you have a, a pretty decent chance of, of hitting, which makes sense. If you think about it from a logical, like real life perspective too, because what happens in the last week of the season, teams are like, they're either in the playoffs or they're out of the playoffs, right? Teams that are in the playoffs, especially now that only one team gets a buy since we added 18 weeks and an extra playoff team. If you got a team that's the two seed or the three seed, they might rest their starters in week 18. So now you have, you know, John Wolford is the quarterback of the Rams in week 18 and they lose to whoever. So it's, it's interesting that, that we'll see what the trend is this year. Um, but if I had to put money on it, which I do from time to time, I would think that dogs probably cover more than 50% in week 18 this year. I, I do. I don't have anything for that, but I can also see the, uh, the motivation angle, just fade the motivation. angle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's all about motivation. It's like, Oh, this team has to win to get in. It's like, of, of course they'll cover. Yeah. No, I'll go the other way. So the, the interesting thing, this is the last thing I said, I'll say then when we can wrap it up. Um, but the interesting thing about the trends of the last three years of the data that I have, so dogs have been covering, you know, again, whatever, 55, 53, 56%. Straight up, they're fucking trash. Because, so I, I only have my percentages, I'll flip these. So some people might get confused, but fuck it, whatever, deal with it. So the numbers, the num the percentages I track are of favorites. So then to find the underdog, you just might you just subtract from 100 percent But I'll give you the numbers for favorites because that's what I have in front of me. And I don't feel like doing any more math. So in 2020, the, the 2020 season, favorites only covered 44.9% of the time. But they won straight up 68% of the time. Then last season. Favorites only covered 47% of the time, but they won straight up 63%. And then this season so far, again, only through seven weeks, because I'm a few weeks behind, favorites have only covered 44.4%, but they've won 61% of the time. So favorites win games, but they have not been covering over the course of the last three seasons. So, I mean, do with that what you will. Probably not a whole lot. Probably not a whole lot. Because <laughs> it's not worth betting on favorites either, because some of them are like minus 425. It's oh, like, yeah. You can't bet favorite money lines. Yeah. That's just stupid. All right. So you want to wrap this bitch up? Yeah, we can wrap this up. What do you got? Um, so like I told you yesterday, I'm trying to 
uh, Bill. So I bought a flag from the U.S. Open, and I want to put it on the wall, and I'd like to frame it. And frames are either super cheap or they're super expensive. And like the cheap ones, they like look like shit too. So I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. So my bright idea is like, oh, I'll just, I'll just build one. Go. Can't be that hard. So I got a plan, whatever. And it just like goes to show. Like obviously, I've never made a picture frame before. You can't just fucking show up and make a picture frame. Even even <laughs> even if you think it's as simple as as possible. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have all the right tools. I don't have all the right this. I don't have all the right that. I'm like, what was supposed to be so easy is so <laughs> fucking frustrating. Yeah. And it's like, I even have like a miter box. So it's like, I know my angles are cut at 45 degrees, but why the fuck? Do, how come? How come when I put two 45 degree angles together, it doesn't make an, a fucking right angle. I go, how the fuck? Like, I thought that was mathematically and physically impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sure the boards aren't perfectly straight or they're not perfectly whatever. So that's what's fucking my right angles up. But I'm like, what was supposed to be so easy? (laughs) It's turning into a whole fucking thing. Yeah. That's a fucking process. Did you get it done yet or no? You still working on it? No, because so my my issue my issue yesterday was um because I like so I don't have a nailer, obviously. So I'm like, all right, well, how can I fasten two pieces without a nailer? And it's like, I mean, I've seen you know, I've seen the videos, whatever. And I saw someone use like these corrugated fasteners, and I'm like, oh, those look pretty cool. Like I can glue it. I can just bury a fastener in it and then I'm good. Well, the fasteners, I think, are too aggressive for a one by two board. So it like, it like fucked up the wood. Yeah. So then I'm like, well, I'm like, so I kind of like figured, I'm like, I kind of fucked this up. Like we're, we're kind of like dead in the water here. Like I got more lumber. I'll like, whatever. But like last night I go, you know what? Let me throw some wood filler in it and let me just see like what I can do here. Yeah. So like I did that. Um because because the way I was gonna make it was I was gonna make an inside frame and then surround it in the inside frame, whatever. I was like, it was basically gonna be like almost like two frames, like an inside frame, like wrapped with a like boxed in, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um but because I like kind of fucking destroyed the wood with the fastener, I was like, ah, well, you know what? Let me at least try to build this thing. Cause even if it sucks, like oh, I can build it and throw it out and then just make a better one the next yeah, time. Yeah, you almost like a practice run. It's a practice run. But I'm like, I'm like, I I just don't understand what is happening with some with some of these <laughs> with some of the shit that has been fucking going on with it. I'm like, <laughs> Like seriously, like how do how how do I cut two forty five degree angles that don't fucking make a make a make a right angle? <laughs> it's like I understand. I don't have a table saw, so it's like it's I didn't take each board, and I didn't run it through a fucking table saw to make sure it's all square, and I right. didn't run it through a planer to make sure everything's like I don't yeah. have this stuff. Right, right. You got to do the best with what you got. Exactly. So 
Um, I I think the flaw, the real flaw was those those fasteners. They probably work for something a little more sturdy. Yeah. But I think a one by two, because I, I like I got it in, but like at what cost? It was like this thing was like fucking destroyed. <laughs> yeah. And like I'm trying to clamp stuff and stuff ain't <laughs> clamping. I'm like, fuck. is it clamped yet? I'm like, and that's like, I like I see some of these videos because my fucking my algorithms are all fucked up. So I see these people building stuff, and I wonder, I'm like, why do they use so many clamps and uh, <laughs> vices and all this shit? And then I'm like, yeah. I take on like one project, and I'm like, I've got. I don't know what the squeeze squeeze clamps are called. Are they, are they vices? I don't know what they yeah, are. Sure. Whatever. So I got like this squeeze clamps <laughs> going and I'm like, I got four on one corner of this thing because <laughs> one's or I got two holding down the board that I'm ba- I'm hitting the nail towards. Cause again, I don't have like, I don't have a nail gun. So it's like, I don't like I'm, right. I'm, I'm using nails. Yeah, because like I don't yeah. want to use screws because I think they're too hard to cover up. Right. Um. And then it's like I'm using a different squeeze clamp to hold the fucking uh, the speed square <laughs> in the corner because <laughs> as I'm as these things are clamped down, they are moving, and I'm like, I need. To, uh, what yeah. The fuck? What the fuck, dude? Yeah, it's always something. So. How to make an easy project into a fucking so difficult. How how to make it so fucking hard. (laughs) One hundred (laughs) one. Ah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, I'm sure it'll get done eventually. Yeah. Well, so the other like, and um, I was so I I came in the house so fucking pissed off and Mikhail <laughs> was looking up like that's why I got that portable be- or we got that portable bench for outside yeah yeah which is pretty cool so you got one cool thing out of it so far <laughs> um yeah she like she was trying to problem solve and I just was like fucking I was so pi- I was so fucking mad <laughs> about the fastener thing <laughs> but um. I don't even know where the fuck I was going with that. I what I, what I but like yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Well, so now I can. Oh, oh, okay. So I got the little bench now. So now I don't need to work outside. I can go down by the patio and like right. there's a light in there. So it's like I don't need to be confined to weather and daylight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. So that's because that was an issue because our basement is not like workshop. Yeah, worthy. Yeah, it's not conducive to no to workshop stuff. Yeah, I shouldn't be cutting and sanding down here. No, there's carpet. <laughs> I can't imagine that like sawdust and dirt and shit is good for carpets. Well, it's great for carpets. People forget. Yeah. <laughs> People do forget. Um all right. So my final thought, I am gonna go with um the Tomorrow War, uh, which is a movie. Um, that came out, I think a few years ago now at this point, but it has Chris Pratt in it. And so, I mean, I think also at this point, Amy and I have watched it like maybe like two or three weeks ago now. Um, it's been on this, the, my little reminder thing here to talk about it as a final thought, but, um, I've had some other final thoughts, but 
So the the premise here, without like actually spoiling it, which hey, like I said, the movie came out like fucking three years ago. So if you haven't seen it, sorry if I spoil it, but I, I would try not to give too much away. Um, it's basically about this guy that has to go to the future to fight a war against aliens. Um, and there's like some ties into things with like his family in the future and he's supposed to go back and forth and like, it's this whole thing. Um, but it's pretty good. Um, if you take away, so some people right out of the gate, right? There's going to be some people that are like, oh, that's stupid. That's a stupid premise. So that would never work. Like, why would you go to the future to fight a war and all that? If that's the attitude you're going to have going into a movie, then like, why do you watch any movies? Like, what's the point of watching any movie then? Because most movies are all fake. Actually, all movies are fake because they're filmed in front of a fucking camera crew. But like, even the ones that are like based on a true story, like technically that's fake, right? Like, like Johnny Depp isn't really Whitey Bulger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's he's Johnny Depp. So... So I guess like if you can get past the whole premise of like the move going into the future to fight aliens thing, um, it's a good movie. It's it's got a lot of action in it, but it also has some like decent like plot development to it. Um, it's a little bit longer than I would have anticipated. Like there was a one point where the movie I thought was going to end but there was like another 20 minutes left, um, which was fine. It was just weird. Like I wasn't like, oh, wow, they definitely should have ended that movie 20 minutes ago. It was, I would have been okay if they ended it 20 minutes ago. And this last little bit is like, kind of like a nice like way to tie the bow at the end of it type of thing. Like it didn't necessarily like need need it, but like it was nice to have it sort of thing. Um, but because of that, it it does make the movie feel a little bit longer. Um, I don't know. I don't remember off the top of my head how long it was. It might be like two hours and 10 minutes or something like that in that range. Um, but yeah, it was I, I highly recommend it. Chris Pratt is great. I love Chris Pratt in everything that he does. Um, trying to think of who else is in it. Um I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember anybody. Like I said, it's like I'm going on three weeks since I watched it, but I did really enjoy it. And I went into it a little bit skeptical. Um, we watched the preview of it. I think it's on HBO Max or maybe Amazon Prime, one of those. Um, I don't know. Just Google it. It's called The Tomorrow War if you want to watch it. But um, we watched the preview and I was like, ah, I don't know. But we just decided to watch it anyway, and I actually really enjoyed it. So uh, shout out to The Tomorrow War. Check it out if you got two hours to watch a movie. So that is going to do it for us. Uh, so thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube, uh, give us a thumbs, thumbs up. Subscribe. Tell everybody you know about the show. Leave us a review. Uh, if you can, wherever you are, if you use Apple and Spotify, uh, you can leave us a review over there. Uh, if you're audio only, uh, still subscribe, whatever platform you use. Tell everybody you know about the show. Uh, shout out to mybookie.com. 
Uh, use the promo code SarcasmPod uh, when you sign up to double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks over there. Um, also, thank you to grillyourassoff.com. You can use the same promo code SarcasmPod, save 15% off your entire order every single time you check out. Uh, you can get us on Instagram at SarcasmSpeaksPod. Um, Twitter is sarcasm underscore speaks. Facebook is sarcasm speaks. Uh, go to the website, buy some merch, have some fun. Uh, and until next time, good night, everybody.